I'm excited about what we're going to be preaching about and talking about over the next, oh, I don't know, six weeks or so. And um, we're going to be talking about who we are as a church, our core values, what we, you know, everybody can have the same core values, actually. I mean, there's no law against that. But we, we wanted to pick things out that made us, that were unique to our church, we believe. that. So some of the things we're going to talk about uh, in, the, in the next six weeks, some of you might may be saying, well, the Bible's not a core value here. Uh, well, hopefully that would go without being said. So we wanted to highlight, uh, when, we, when we set up the core values of the church, highlight things that were unique to, to Hedgesville Church and, and what, what the DNA God placed in us. And so I hope you'll take this journey with us. Uh, we are moving forward as hard as we can go. And um, in case you didn't know, you haven't been around in the past couple of weeks, uh, Mark was referring to uh, earlier a new building coming this way off the church. And we talked about that in December. So we submitted site plans last week to Berkeley County. And, um, and so we're looking forward to smooth sailing. Amen. Somebody pray for smooth sailing. Uh, so we're going at it as hard as we can and our schedules are filling up and, and we're just looking forward to what God will do in and through, uh, this church and through you. And so, um, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, one of our the first core value we have is unity and, um, unity is a good thing, but I want to make sure we understand it this morning. So, um, I'm excited about it. How many of you like to be in unity? Some of you just rather disagree though, right? Any, any devil's advocates in here? No matter what anybody says, you may agree 100%, but you'd go, oh, well, I don't know, I don't think so. Well, what if this happened? Well, what if it did? Right? That's what I want to say to people like that. Well, what if it did? So this morning, uh, we're going to talk about a portion of scripture, um, in Genesis that uh, had some good and bad things about unity. So why don't you uh, turn in your Bible. By the way, you can go to Uversion uh, and follow along with us there. And uh, I think there was a link on Facebook we put out this morning on, on Uversion. So it's got all the notes and things like that on it. Go to events in your Bible app and you'll find us there. How about we stand? I got a little bit of scripture to read this morning. So we'll stand just a little bit longer. How about that? Genesis 1, 24 through 30. We're going to start right at the beginning when God created uh, humans. God said, let, it, let the land produce living creatures according to their kind, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Well, God does everything well, right? Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Somebody say amen that he put us on top. Amen. He said, we're going to create mankind and he's going to be on top ruling over all the earth. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. 
Somebody say amen about that. (laughs) Fill the earth. Underline that in your Bible right there. Or highlight it in your notes. Or put a mental highlight in your head. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. To all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath, life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God's original intent was that his creation would spread over all the earth. Amen. God's original intent was, was for the, for his best creation. The creation that was to rule over everything else was to go out, multiply and spread over all the earth. God's glory. He said he was going to make humankind in his own image. He didn't say that about anything else he had created. He said, I'm going to make humans. I'm going to make man in my own image. And then man is going to carry what my image over the whole earth. That's a good plan, isn't it? My wife and I stopped at creating three in our image, but we were hoping that they would spread out because after 18 years of raising a kid, you want some space, right? But think about that. You're, you're spreading out. Joneses are spreading out, but God said, I'm going to make mankind in my own image. And then I want them to spread out and populate the whole earth. And his glory was going to go all over the earth. Well, there was just a little problem that happened. By the time we get to Genesis 3, man had sinned already. Eve took the apple, coaxed her unknowing husband into eating it. That's not really what I believe, but it's funny. By Genesis chapter 4, the kids are killing each other. By Genesis chapter 6, it is described that wickedness has filled the whole world. And then the flood comes. How many know that at the beginning, it got kind of chaotic, didn't it? But then in Genesis chapter 10, it says this, after the flood, you know, Noah was able to bring his whole family on the boat, two of every kind. And, and after the flood, Genesis 10, 32 makes this statement. These are the clans of Noah's sons, according to their lines of descent within their nations. From these, the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. So even, even through sin, even after the sin and fall of mankind and after sin so wicked that God felt like he had to flood the whole earth and almost start over, he was still spreading his glory over the whole earth through man. Do you see that? But then something happens in Genesis chapter 11. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Listen to this. Now, the whole earth had one language and a common speech. Somebody said, that'd be awesome. Wouldn't it? Get on a plane, fly to France, just to say, hey, man, where's the hot dogs? I was in France one time coming back from 
Kenya and and I'm just like Eiffel Tower. I don't I don't know how else to sell it. Say it. They're just looking at me like, what? One language in a common speech is people moved eastward. They found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Nothing wrong with that, right? They used the bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the whole face, over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do all of this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth. And they stopped building. You see a theme here? He scattered them over all the earth. They stopped building the city. And that is why it's called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that our hearts will be open to receive it. In Christ's name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen and amen. All right, turn around tell somebody, we got to be together on this. we got to be together on this. The Bible says things like, it's kind of a paraphrase, but where there is unity, God commands his blessing. Um, Jesus prayed for, and we'll use this scripture later, but Jesus prayed that as him and the Father would one, that everyone coming after the disciples that would hear about the message of Christ later would be as one, and it would be an example of the whole world of Christ's love. Unity is an extremely important thing. It said a house divided against itself cannot stand. There's a lot of talk in the Bible of how bad division is and, and how uh, you can't serve two masters. You love one, hate the other. You can't serve money and God at the same time. And a, a double-minded man is unstable in his all his ways. And, and the Bible really paints a strong picture for us being together on things. Amen? Amen. Together. Unity. Unity is a good thing. I like it when my wife and I agree that I'm right. <laughs> Any other men in the house like that? Like it, I mean, it seldom happens, but when it does, magic. <laughs> and I'll say, this is what the Lord was speaking about. <laughs> this is what the Lord was speaking about. Unity. Unity is great in a church. I've been, uh, I, in, my, in the history of me growing up in church and all that stuff, I've been in churches that, that didn't experience it and and um nothing really great happened in those seasons when there wasn't unity between the people when they weren't unified when we when we weren't weren't together but i want to caution you a little bit that just because we agree on something doesn't mean we're agreeing on the right thing right because listen all five guys that go into a bank to rob it are in agreement is that true? You, you don't see bank robbers dragging one guy in and say, no, 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 you're coming with us to help. And he's like, I don't want any part of this. They shoot him outside. <laughs> then they go in and handle business, right? 
No, but we can agree on a whole ton of things. Prisoners agree on escaping. Um, teenagers agree on pulling the fire alarm at the high school. At least they agree on who's going to do it, right? We can agree on a ton of stuff that may seem in the moment like it's a good idea, but it might end up not being a good idea. So let me start out by saying this. Just because we're in agreement doesn't mean we're agreeing about the right thing. Because there's been a ton of people agree to commit all kinds of sin. And we can be in 100% agreement as a people and 100% out of God's will in that agreement. And so what you see happening, in the beginning, God's desire was to create mankind. And then he gave these very specific instructions, be fruitful and multiply and fill up the earth. And looking at that, we just think, oh, he wanted us to procreate and have kids and and just fill up the earth with people and it's great and and we all think that's a neat thing and and man that was a great design but but I believe God's intent was was that he was spreading his glory throughout the earth through his creation and when I don't know about you but there's something unbelievable when you have your first child and you realize that it's a product of you isn't it I mean, I don't like the process very much, but the product is pretty neat. Matter of fact, I told my wife, take the drugs. There's no heroes here. And then I can go down and have lunch. That's actually, unfortunately, the way it happened. (laughs) It's like, wow, this is going to take a while. If you're sleeping, I'm going to go eat. Um, Sympathy wait. So what happened in the fall was that humankind got, was less concerned now with doing God's will and more concerned with doing their own will. Amen? So think about it. How many times do we wake up in the morning and the first thing we think about is, God, I want to do your will today. I want to do what you called me to. I want to do what you gifted me to do. I want to do your will today. Now, most of the time we wake up in the morning going, God, help me. Whatever I got to get done, just help me get it done. Right? Whether it's his will or all, our will, we a lot of times don't even differentiate between the two. We just think I'm in this cycle, and so this is what I have to do. And God was very specific with Adam and Eve. Multiply, fill the earth. I'm spreading out over the whole earth. The fall came. People started killing each other. There was a flood. And then we get to chapter 10 after the flood, and we still see God populating people over the whole earth. Out of Noah's sons, the whole earth was populated. Then chapter 11, something strange happens in chapter 11. A group of people got together in agreement. That's a good thing. We're going to move into the east and build a city. Everybody spoke the. Could you imagine what the world could accomplish with no language barriers? Think about that for a second. I've, I've been in places personally 
under a tin roof with a, with a, with a church in Zimbabwe and, and trying to preach and trying to communicate like I'm doing now. And it is, it is difficult to do that with an interpreter standing beside you. I've been in situations where I know the interpreter is saying a lot more than I am. <laughs> like I'll say, and God came and he loves you. And this guy will go on for like two minutes. And I'm going, I know that's, I know you're not saying what I'm saying. I don't know what you're saying, but I know it's not exactly what I'm saying. There's no way. Uh, fortunately, one of the guys I go with speaks a, a, like five different Af- African languages. And so, so he'll sit in the front row. And when I say something, the guy interprets, he'll shake his head or, or he'll correct him. So that's my safety net a little bit. But we've been in places where, where you are trying to build something and you're trying to talk to a guy. And I realized my tape measure was in inches. And so he said, when he said five, I thought he meant inches, and that's a lot bigger than five centimeters. So language creates a huge barrier. But in this instance, the Bible says that everybody spoke the same language. And so imagine what we could accomplish if we all spoke the same language, if we were all that unified that you could just pick up the phone and call around the world and said, hey, man, this is what we want to do. And it was that easy. Or you didn't have to hit Google Translate for your friends on Facebook that are across the world. They decided to build a city. They said, we're going to build a city. We're going to build a great city. And then we're going to build a tower in that city. And you start to see into what the motivation for their agreement was when they start making comments about why and how they were going to build the city. They said, we're going to build a city and we're going to build a tower that goes up to the heavens because we want to be great, right? We want to be great. We want, we want, we want, we want, we want. Do you see the transition from God saying, fill the whole earth, do what I've asked you to do, to this is what we want to do, right? There's a transition That has happened. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. Let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. I wonder how many times our agreements are about making names for ourselves. See, don't forget, God called us to spread out his glory over the whole earth. And oftentimes our agreement comes out of the necessity to make a name for us. He's saying, go out, make a name for me. Share my name, spread my name. And, and we're saying, we're going to gather together and make a name for us. And that's what these people were doing. They You notice in this whole passage in chapter 11 that God never said, man, I don't like the fact that they're agreeing. He never said that. He never said that unity was a bad thing. He never said people being unified was a bad thing. But he was pointing out that what they were unified about was absolutely a bad thing. So these people came together, all spoke the same language, and they said, let's build a house, let's build a a city with a tower that reaches all the way to the heavens. Now, do you think God was actually afraid that they were going to build a tower to Mars? I mean... 
really think that? Do you really think that? They'd still be building it today. (laughs) He was not concerned that they were actually going to reach him with the tower. He was concerned that his glory wasn't going out. And so he said, listen, these people put their minds together and are unified. If they're unified in the wrong thing, then they can accomplish whatever they set out to do. And I want to let you know that the devil, that Satan himself is really extremely good at unifying people. Birds of a feather flock together. Birds of a feather flock together. We say that all the time, don't we? Listen, there's Satan is really good at unifying people. What do we say? We say misery loves company. Do you ever say... I'm so happy people flock to me. We don't say that type of stuff in our society, do we? We have all kinds of things like miserable people can draw more miserable people to themselves. We'll say that all the time. Oh, miserable people love hanging around each other. They're all just like, well, my life's terrible. What if you think your life's terrible? How many times do you say, I'm going to join the happy club? I'm going to go and go where everybody's happy because that's great. No, we've conditioned ourselves to join around our sin. Think about that. We have clubs that the only thing that makes them unified is the sin they commit together. Isn't that true? Gangs, all kinds of things in our society. Oh, you're a part of that. You're a part of that. Oh, what's your common thread? Sin. <laughs> it's awesome, man. And then we unify and, and people will support each other. And then we get into the church. Somebody say, oh, oh. Then we get into the church where we're supposed to be unified around God's grace and his mercy and his joy and peace in our life. And we're like, what are those people so happy about? <laughs> right? Come on. Amen. Anybody here? Walk in like, I don't know, what are they so happy about? Well, Jesus come, I've heard that before. I don't like the way the pastor dresses today. Well, I don't like the way you dress either. But we can agree that God's God, right? Is that true? Think about how the world in sin can unify and accomplish all that Sin wants them to accomplish. And then we get into the church and we start going, this peace and joy and love thing, man, that that's, ends up dividing us. That's, I don't know about that. The Bible says that, that they set their minds to glorify themselves and it was a really strong commitment. They, they were unified like no one else in this project. We're going to make a name for ourselves. We're going to become somebody. We're going to do this and everybody's going to take notice. So they started building. Wait a second. Did you hear the other thing? The reason that they said they wanted to do this. They said, we're going to build this city in this tower because we're afraid if we don't, then we would be scattered. Oh, I'll get into that in a second. 
we want to we just stay together. It, it's, like, it's like playing pickup football in the backyard and you're winning. And then the other team says, oh, let's switch up teams. And you go, we ain't switching up teams. We've beaten you for four hours. Why am I giving you my best guy? We're not moving. We're going to just stay right here. We're going to keep the same teams. And we're going to kick the mess out of you till mom calls us home. Any of you were like that? Not switching teams. You're crazy. They said, we don't want to be scattered. We want to just congregate and just be us and nobody else. We want to put up walls. We want to build a big city with a wall around it. We want to big, build a big tower so everybody that we don't let in the wall can see how great we are. Why else would you build a big tower? I mean, they really weren't going to get to God, but you know what would be amazing? They weren't making a name for themselves to God. They were making a name for themselves to everyone else. So you roll up on their city and you see their big tower and you, man, those are important people. And they say, you can't come in because we don't want to be scattered. We want to stay together and do our thing and glorify ourselves. So being in agreement is good as long as your agreement is agreeable, right? With God. Being in agreement is really, really good. As long as that agreement is agreeable with him. Because God has the uncanny ability to come down to your city. Anybody ever had God step into their world in the middle of you building your own? I'm going to make a name for myself. I'm going to do something nobody else has done. I'm going to be famous. I'm 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 going to get on YouTube. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get me some likes on YouTube. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a million views on YouTube, and then I'll start selling somebody else's product, and I'll be famous, right? And God says, as long as you're gonna build a city that glorifies you, just beware. I might step down in the middle of it one day. I I I I may have to step down in the middle of it because listen. Because my deal from the beginning was that you'd, you'd populate and spread my glory over the whole earth, not build little communities just to, just to increase your own glory. That's not, that's not really what I set out to do. I set out to spread my glory over the whole earth. I create, I created you not to rebel against me and build your own thing. I created you to operate with me and through me and create my thing. That's what God said to us. That's what he said to Adam and Eve was be fruitful, multiply and go all fill the whole earth. And then even after Noah, he said, he said, I'm going to take Noah's family and populate the whole earth. These are people who understand the deliverance of God. And so I, they know what my glory is like. So I'm going to take them now and spread them over the whole earth. And then a group of them got together, said, we're going to build our own thing. And God said, if you build your own thing, I may have to come down and visit you. I don't know about you, but I never like God visiting me when I'm building my own thing. Right? Because I, I think I'm really good at this. God, we're all in agreement. Everybody's cheering right now. We're at the bar and everybody's clashing cups like this is awesome. We're all going to rob a bank. God says, you keep building that, and I may have to come down and give you a visit. I may have to come down and and check it out. Now, 
Now there's a problem here because, because as hard as they were trying to ascend where God was, they couldn't. But don't you know that he could come down where they were? So the Bible says that he came down and scoped the place out. And it was pretty much exactly what he had seen from where he was. So it says that he confused their languages. Could you imagine waking one day and speaking English to each other and then waking up the next day speaking Japanese? Or half of you speaking Japanese and not even knowing it was Japanese. There was no Rosetta Stone. You couldn't just be like, I think we're speaking Japanese now. I'm going to give you this CD. And in the next three weeks, you could speak Japanese. We'll all keep building the wall. No, there, there's nothing you can't communicate anymore. And he comes down and he breaks up the party. Because if you're in agreement about the wrong thing, God will break it up for his glory. Amen. And so some of the things in your life that haven't worked up to this point, you may want to ask yourself, was I building the city for my own glory? Was, was I building a business for my own glory? Was I, building, was I building just relationships? Was I networking for my own glory? And I could never figure out why God kept coming down and seemingly busting it up. But the issue is, is what, is what we're building for his glory or ours? Because here's the thing. If it's for his glory, he will give you the bricks. If it's for his glory, he'll provide the manpower. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, right? If it's for his glory, he'll say, listen, I will, I will super empower you through the Holy Spirit to go make disciples. But it's for your glory, he'll come down and confuse your language. And so sometimes, sometimes I wonder in our church, in church as a whole. Now, I want to tell you right now that this is a really unique situation, but you gotta keep, you gotta keep pounding it in order for us to keep believing it sometimes. Amen? We're in a really unique situation. I don't have anybody coming up to me, maybe doing it behind my back, and I'll find out because God will tell me. But, <laughs> but I don't have anybody coming up to me going, I just think the church moving forward is a horrible idea. And I think we should all wear suit and ties and we should have a dress code for people that are coming in and we should ask them if they have a relationship with Christ before they come in the door because we don't want to be scattered with them. I don't have anybody telling me that. What I have people saying is what can I do to be a part of this? How can we move forward? How can we reach more people? How can we do this? How can, come on, what, what, what role am I going to play in this? Come on, let's go, let's go. It's for God's glory, right? So, so agreement for the sake of agreement is great, but we got to make sure our agreement is agreeable with God. Or man, he's really good at stepping down into our town and confusing it. He's really good at stepping into our lives and going, hey, listen. This is about you now. It's not about me, and I can't let you keep. Let me, let me say this. God cares too much about you to let you build a city that you can't get out of. He cares too much about you. And so we'll work five, ten years trying to glorify ourselves, and God will step into the middle of it, and it hurts so bad we can't stand it. We think, what are you doing? And then we realize this is for your glory, not mine. You will understand some of the struggles in your life 
when you understand it's for his glory and not yours. Because you see him just tearing down something you've built and he's trying to scatter you through the whole earth. So now we have, we're in agreement and the agreement is agreeable. Amen? We call that unified. I think, I don't know if they have it on the back. Yeah, unified. There you go. Unified. We're unified. We're solid in one direction. Everybody running in the same direction now. And God is, God is happy with it. Yeah. Now watch this. The next thing I want to talk to you about is that we are gathering to go. Look at your neighbor say that. We're gathering to go. Gathering to go. Gathering to go. Gathering to go. You can put that. I think we have that one too. Gathering to go. Look at that. Gathering to go. Gathering to go. Now, if you've been around here a little while, you know, one of my life messages, and, and I, I end up preaching this everywhere I go because I think people quit too early. I have this, I have this series of messages where I, that I call stay. <laughs> stay. Stay. And then I believe that Jesus told the disciples... After he had died, resurrected, he had been meeting with them. They were scared to death. He walked into some locked rooms where they were, where they were scared that the Jews were going to do the same thing to them that they had done to Christ. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a fearful time in their lives. And he tells them this. He says, stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave. Don't leave the difficult situation. Don't leave the hardship. Don't leave the fear. Don't leave the pain. Don't leave... Until you've been empowered. And part of that message for me is, is, is in pastoring, I see a lot of young pastors, uh, as soon as it gets tough, they roll out. Somebody say, when you're 24, everything's tough. <laughs> Amen? You'd give your left leg to have tough at 24 again, some of you, right? Like, oh man, if it could just get that easy. But oftentimes, young people, and, and, and statistics are that youth pastors will stay in a place about 18 months on average. Somebody say, give it up for our church. Pastor Adam's been here since he was 16. He's almost as old as me now. There's something about not quitting. Now listen to me, we are gathering to go. So Jesus didn't say, stay in Jerusalem and you'll be empowered to have a really good church in Jerusalem only. I'm only coming to the Jews. I sent my son to die and resurrect, forgive every one of their sins if you're Jewish. No, he didn't say that. He says, stay in Jerusalem and you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, those people we don't like, and to the ends of the earth. So he said, I want you to gather together in order to go. Did you hear that? My fear is in America is that most churches are gathering to stay. Inevitably, or, or, or indefinitely, 
we're gathering to stay. We're gathering, this is our four and no more. This is our church and it's going to be difficult to get in it. It's going to be our church and we're going to care for our needs first. It's going to be our church and we're going to do the things that please us. And it's going to be our church. And what we realize, what we don't realize is we're building walls around it and towers above it, hoping people will see a great church that doesn't actually do anything great. We're just gathering to stay. And so while I say stay in the difficult time, don't leave. Don't leave the marriage early. Don't leave your kids early. Don't don't leave the difficult job early. Don't just quit every time you get upset. Stay and let God empower you. Amen? Because oftentimes I believe we leave right before God was getting ready to empower us. And we don't. And we, we wonder why, God, why, why aren't you empowering my life to do amazing things? It's because he's saying you won't stay long enough for me to do that. You won't, you run from every difficult situation. And what you see happen in the New Testament church is, is initially they ran as Jesus was arrested, but when they were empowered, they stayed to spread the gospel. It wasn't a, oh my goodness, we're going to run again. It was, we're empowered now. We've gathered together and we're empowered and now we've gathered and we can go. So watch, watch what happens in scripture. John 17, Jesus says, as you have sent me into the world, I have sent them. He's talking about the disciples. I am sending them out. God's desire is to have his love for us spread by us over the whole earth. So remember way back in Genesis when he said, he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth, right? I believe that's the same thing he's telling the church today. He's saying, gather together in order to go. Unite in order to spread out. Unite in order to proclaim the message. So he's saying to us today, what are we proclaiming? We're proclaiming the glory of God still. It's the same message today. The God of all creation created Adam and Eve, the most amazing thing he had ever done, given them authority and rule over the whole earth. And he said, go and spread it out all over everywhere. And what is his message today? I have sent Jesus, my only son, that lived the perfect life, died on the cross, rose again, atoned for your sins. And what do I want you to do with it? I want you to be fruitful and multiply over the whole earth. Over the whole thing. And some of you are saying, well, I don't like leaving Hedgesville very much. It's dangerous out there. Dangerous. God's desire to have his love for us spread by us all over the world. What what is the message? Peace that passes all understanding, unending love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, eternal life. Man, we got a good thing to talk about, don't we? We got a really good thing to spread around. Think back to Adam and Eve. The the scripture we read right at the beginning, it said that he had given every seed-bearing plant. I know what some of you are thinking. That's not what he said. Every seed-bearing plant (laughs) for our use, for our enjoyment. And then he said, all of the animals were going to eat plants too. How many know it's really easy to cuddle up with a lion when he's eating dandelions instead of you? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Now watch this. 
It would have been easy to spread out all over the earth if you weren't, if you weren't fearful of getting eaten by something. Right? It would have been easy. I've been in a game park in Kenya before where the guy said, don't get out of the car. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm a grown man. There was a rock in the middle of the road. I was just going to hop out and get the rock out. And I said, I'll get it. And, and so I went to jump out. He goes, no, 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 don't get out. I said, why? He said, you don't know what's behind that bush. I said, you're exactly right. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> I was thinking where I come from, there might be a rabbit behind the bush. Where he comes from, there might be a lion behind the bush. You hadn't eaten a rabbit in a week. I propose to you that we, that through the power of Christ, we have it just as easy. We come with the message of hope, not condemnation. We come with the message of love, not, not exclusion. We come with the message of eternal life, not, not, not death. And so he's saying, just like I made it, made it possible for at the beginning, everybody to spread out and live in unity. I'm telling you right now, the church can go over the whole world. Amen. Amen. It's good things. Peace, love, mercy, grace. Matthew 28, 19, he tells the disciples, go into all the world and make disciples. Acts chapter 1, verses six, starting in verse 6. Now I want you to listen to the way this is written. They gathered around him and asked. So what were they doing? They were, they were gathering. They were gathering around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father is set by his own authority. They were saying, hey, you died and rose again. Now are we going to now are we going to start running things? Because they were still thinking about building their own city. Did you hear me? Listen, are we going to start running things now? Come on. James and John came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, actually they sent their mother, which is humiliating. Hey, when you come into your glory, can my son sit on your right and left? What was their motivation? They wanted to see their city built. And he said, I don't think you know what you're asking for. I don't think you can do, I don't, I don't know that you can do what I'm getting ready to do. I don't know that you can pay the price to sit beside me. So it says, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of, to Israel? He said to them, it's not for me. It, it's not to know times or dates. The father set by his own authority. He's saying, listen, this is not, let me remind you, it's not about your kingdom. He says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He's saying, listen, I pulled you in close so that I can spread you out wide. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him, hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up to the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Now I want you to picture this. The same Jesus they saw die brutally on the cross, is resurrected, revealed himself to them tons of times. And now they're standing in front of him and he's saying, listen, I didn't gather you together so you could stick around and just rule over this little place. I gathered you together so you could be in unity and spread my glory out over the whole earth. And when he left, they were like this. (laughs) 
Encountering God sometimes, even in a church service, is shocking. But we should never leave just looking up. Encountering God can be an unbelievable experience for us in a way that we've never imagined could happen. And the disciples are standing there after he, after he ascended into the clouds where they couldn't see him. There's two guys in white showed up and go, what are you looking at? I don't know. I've never seen that. Listen, that same Jesus that left is coming back. You better get busy. Because he told you to go over all the earth. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we almost forgot. Did you see? He just like teleported. Star Trek. It was crazy. Sometimes I'm going to start walking a tightrope here. Sometimes in a Pentecostal, Pentecostal church, we get this. Lord, do that crazy thing you did last week. Do that crazy thing you did 10 years ago. Do that crazy thing. Do that crazy thing. Because we want to see it again. Huh. And then when he doesn't do it, we get upset like he left. But I believe what he's telling us is you can't sit around looking just for crazy stuff. I gave you the crazy stuff so you can go. And the most Pentecostal thing we could ever do is go make disciples. And you know why you see it in people that go? Because they're building his kingdom. And he gives you all the bricks you need to do that. So you're standing there and you're like, oh, we want to see it again. Just come back out down, do it one more time. We want to see it again. We want to see it again. Two angels come down and go, what are you looking for? The same God that went up is going to come down. And you need to get busy right now. Because he gathered you together to go. He gathered you together to go. The band could come up. I'm going to leave you with this. I believe nothing else we do makes sense until we get that we are unified around spreading God's glory over the whole earth. It's not just to build a big church. It's not, it's not, it's not just to build a cool church. It's not just to build a church that your friends will come to. It's not just to build a new building on the side of, the, of this. It's not just to expand a parking lot. It's not just how many can we, people can we get to come together here. Because if we come together and all everybody does is stare at the heavens, then we've accomplished nothing. Right? So he's gathering us to go. So watch this. We have, we have six core values. You say, why didn't you pick seven? That's God's number. I'm like, I don't know. We stopped at six. Stop reading into everything. <laughs> Unity's the first one, right? What are we unified for? Just to come in, not have a fight? No, we're unified in going. Hey, just a side note here. You can have disagreements inside the unity of going because you really care about how we go. Did you hear that? What some people don't understand about unity is, is they think everything has, everybody has to agree with absolutely everything that happens. And I would rather sit in a board meeting with a bunch of leaders who don't agree with everything that happens, but are passionate about going. Because if you come in and agree with me with everything, 
I'm probably going to think, well, they don't really care. They didn't, they're not doing their homework. They're just, they're just whatever I say goes. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. Those moments scare me. Because if you think you're that smart that you got the best idea in the room every time and everybody agrees with you, you've built your own wall around your city. And God's coming to visit. No, but I can sit in a room with a bunch of, with a bunch of heartfelt, aggressive leaders. They go, Chris, we've been thinking about this and we want, we want to go just as bad as you do. But if you consider this, if you consider that, I don't get upset with that. Man, you may know a little bit more than I do. Okay, let's put our heads together and see how through this disagreement, we can still go in agreement. You see, man, God didn't set your wife beside you to agree with everything you do. (laughs) Only women said amen about that. The guys were like, man, I thought, what's he saying? Listen, he set her beside you so that even in disagreement, you could figure out how to go forward. And sometimes she has to agree with you to keep God from visiting you. Because you're building your own thing. She's the only one who can see it. So watch this. Out of unity, everything else, all the other five things that we're going to talk about this with. Out of unity of going, generosity. How does generosity make sense if we're not going into the whole world? Well, I feel bad because my TV's better than yours. So I'm going to get you a better TV. Yay. We're all in the same city, building our own little city, doing our own little thing. Yay, yay, yay. No, generosity makes sense. After we've gathered, we're going. And so what are we going to do? We're going to be generous across the whole earth. That makes sense now, doesn't it? How about excellence? We're not just in here trying to press each other. We're going to do it well so we can do it everywhere. Amen? Resourcefulness. It's one of my favorites. We're not just going to be cheap here. We're going to use God's stuff well so that we have enough to use everywhere. We're not going to waste whatever you've been. Whoever has been faithful with little will be ruler Why would he ever give you rule over a lot to spread his glory over the whole earth? Amen? What's the next one? Honor. Well, it'd be great just to sit in this building. Man, you're a really good guy. You're a really good guy. You're a really good. Oh, you're great. You're great. No, but we honor to send. Amen? And then the process. The last one we'll talk about in this series. Your life is a process just like mine. And the reason I want to make sure we're walking with you through your life is because I want you to go. And if the church gives up on you, you might stay. And so we're looking at all these things we are as a church through the lens of agreeing to go into all the world. And make disciples. Amen? Come on, why don't you stand this morning? I am so excited about the opportunities God is placing in front of us. And I can't say it's strong enough if we'll build his kingdom. He'll give us everything that we need.
every time we need it. He's proven himself faithful to do that. And I'm excited to be with a group of people who are willing, willing, and willing to build his kingdom. And I want to tell you this, that I don't believe we're going to have to be looking up to see miracles, to see wondrous things. I believe as we spread out over the whole earth that we'll just be able to look at each other and see it. We'll be able to look at what he's doing in our midst. We'll be able to see his power and grace and mercy at work in people's lives. We'll be able to see him do unbelievable, untold miracles through us. Amen? As we go. Father, we thank you today. Lord, from the beginning, you were sending people. From the beginning, populate the whole world. I believe you're doing the same thing today. It won't be easy. It won't always be pretty. But this one thing I pray is that this church will always be in agreement that your glory has to go over the whole earth. It has to. And that when we gather together like this, it's for the express purpose of going. When we gather together, even in difficult situations, it's for the purpose of you sending us. And we pray that we'd be faithful to what you've called us to do. Empower us like you promised. Provide for us like you promised. And do miracles like you promised as we go. We thank you for it. Now listen, this is not a church with a wall around it. There's no no hoops you've got to jump through. But here's what I believe. I believe that the same God that started the whole thing wants to redeem your life. And I believe he wants to save you. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants you to experience joy like you've never experienced before. He wants you to experience peace like you've never experienced before. And you have the opportunity this morning to experience that, maybe for the first time. And I pray that you'd surrender your life to him today. You'd accept what Jesus has done for you. He died on the cross and rose again to forgive you of your sins. And you can experience that this morning. But I'm telling you right now, he's saving you. He's saving you to let his glory be known over all the earth. And he wants to do that today. So let me pray for you. Make that decision this morning. Don't walk out the door without doing that. And you can let us know. You can check that box in the the connect card. You can come up to one of the staff members. Let us know. But I want to pray for you right now. I pray that you'd make that decision today. Don't take it one more day without surrendering your life to him and making him Lord of your life. Let's build his city together. Amen. Father, we pray. I pray for everyone making that decision this morning that you'd reveal yourself to him, Lord, that they'd experience peace and joy like never before. Lord, and you would be glorified through them. And we celebrate this morning for the decisions that will be made to follow you, to accept your son, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. And they will inherit eternal life. And you are bent on blessing them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. Come on, could you give him honor and glory for what he's done today?